You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. At the 10-yard line, second and eight. Three wide receivers now in motion as Bumpus left to right. Julius Jones with single setback. Matt Pumpfakes looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Powered by Seahawks.com. Welcome to Hawk Talk Preview Week 10. The Seahawks are coming off a bye. Russell Wilson is getting healthy. They got to go to Lambeau Field to face the Green Bay Packers. Before we get into that, here's Nasa Chobi with the injury updates. Thanks, Bump. Well, the biggest news of the week is obviously Russell Wilson back at practice. It has been a long month since he broke that finger in the second half against the Rams on October 7th. He's not officially back on the 53-man roster, so won't be on any of the injury reports you see this week, but is looking great at practice, according to head coach Pete Carroll, which bodes well for him to be back under center against the Packers on Sunday. More great news as well that Chris Carson also made his return to practice after missing the last four games with a neck injury. We're making it through the week of, of work, you know, and, and uh, we're, like like we always talk about, it's a one-day-at-a-time thing. And, uh, you know, he'll get banged around a little bit tomorrow, and, and um, but just see how he responds to it. And that's it's, it's, you know, pretty important to, to, to get a good beat on this one. He'll feel good physically running around and all that because he's, he's in great shape and he's been working really hard. So just how he, how he responds, same old thing. And, and you know, how his body reacts to the workload. Another guy to look out for this week is D. Eskridge, as he hopes to return to action for the first time since week one against the Colts. D. Eskridge is coming out, you know, and, and uh, he's ready to go full speed. He did one Monday, and he looks good today to get going. So uh, we'll see where we can fit him in as well. All right, those are the injury updates. Now it's time for the Seahawks' next opponent coming off the bye, the Green Bay Packers. What's on tap? What's on tap? Seahawks are headed to Lambeau Field to take on those Green Bay Packers. Lambeau Field, for all you Seahawks fans, has been a house of horrors for the Seahawks. They have not won in nine straight games. This Packer team is 7-2. and two. Had some pretty impressive wins. They started the season after getting blown out by the New Orleans Saints, 38-3 to at home, or on the road, excuse me. Aaron Rodgers had a really tough day. The Packers looked awful that day. Uh, a lot has changed since then. After that game, they won seven in a row, beat Detroit, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Chicago, Washington football team, as well as the Arizona Cardinals, handed them their first loss on Thursday night football. Last week, they lost to the Kansas City Chiefs um, in a tough game. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers was not there, so we'll hop into their last game. A lot of drama bump in Green Bay the last couple weeks, man. So starting quarterback Aaron Rodgers obviously tested positive for COVID-19, revealing that the quarterback was in fact not vaccinated and would have to miss a minimum of 10 days. The earliest the former MVP can return to action is on Saturday, the day before they take on the Seahawks. While his status isn't 100%, we can assume the man's going to be back and out there um, to clear up a couple things. He does not need to pass a, a COVID test to return to action. After those 10 days, as long as he's symptom-free, he's able to return to the field. Now, Bump, last week, we'll get into what they did against the Chiefs. Jordan Love made his heavily anticipated first NFL start, and the Chiefs won a defensive battle. It was ugly, Bump. What did you see from Jordan Love? 
Jordan Love, he did okay, but he looked like a guy who hasn't been out there. He was 19 to 34, 190 yards, one touchdown, one interception. He just looked young, and I, and he made some plays. You see some potential there, but he did look young. Jordan Love was under pressure almost every pass attempt and was only sacked one time, though. We know that he's mobile. He got the football out of his hands quickly, just didn't make a lot of plays. Um, Randall led the Packers in receiving with three receptions for 50 yards. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon combined for 20 carries, 99 yards, no touchdowns. Defensively, the Packers played well, holding Patrick Mahomes to 20 of 37, 166 yards, and one touchdown. Nas, we haven't seen games like this from Pat Mahomes ever. Like, this is the first year where he looks like a human being and not this $500 million man that we're used to seeing. It's unbelievable to see. When I'm seeing these box scores, when he's throwing for under 200 yards, he's turning the ball over every other game. Um, he's had more turnovers this year than he had all of last season and the year before that. So it's it's wild to see. Um, I don't know. We'll go back and forth on this about the Packers defense or whatnot, but the Chiefs do not look – they look mortal. And it's not just Patrick Mahomes. It's everybody. Yeah. They're not stopping anybody on defense. Um, they look average as an offense, um, even with Tyree Kill and Kelsey and all the weapons that they got over there. They're not looking great, and it's um, – it's funny. I guess uh, misery loves company, and the Seahawks have had their struggles this year, and everyone's talked about how bad our offense is and on this and that. Well, other teams who have amazing players, uh, ch- head coach, championship pedigree, former Super Bowl champ, been in Super Bowl last two years, are also struggling. So it can be bad everywhere, not just in Seattle, and things are improving here. Um, the Packers, though, they didn't get on the scoreboard, so 454 in the fourth. Jordan Love found Alan Lazard for a 20-yard touchdown on fourth and five. That capped a 10-play, 53-yard drive, bringing the score to 13-7, down six. Unfortunately for the Packers, though, unable to get off the field as the Chiefs' next possession, giving up a 13-yard pass to Tyreek Hill on third and 10. Two minutes remaining, the Chiefs were able to take a couple knees and close out that game. So, obviously, the Chiefs are a team just in general that will continue to follow, see if they can get out of that funk. But let's dive into the head-to-head comparison between the Seahawks and the Packers bump. The offensively, you know, they're pretty close. You know, the, both teams, I'll start with the Seahawks. The Seahawks are 29th uh, in total offense. That's taken a dip over the last four weeks. Rush offense are 21st. Pass offense, 27th. Points per game, 19th. On the other side, the Packers are 22nd in total offense, 333 yards per game, 18th running the football, 109 yards on the ground. And then pass offense are 22nd. Points per game, they're 20th with 22.1. So offensively, just looking at it, even with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, this seems like a pretty evenly matched uh, matchup between both offenses. Offensively, they're evenly matched. They both have good quarterbacks who are coming back. Russell Wilson getting that pin out of his finger and Rodgers getting through his COVID scare. Defensively, that's where they get a bit different. All right, the Hawks are 31st overall. The Packers are 5th. Against the run, the Hawks are 25th. The Packers are 16th. Against the pass, the Hawks are 28th. The Packers are 7th. Points allowed, the Hawks are 8th. And the Packers are 6th. So if there is anything that the Hawks have done well, it's the scoring, right? They don't allow teams typically to get a whole bunch of points on the board. Now, Russell Wilson and Geno Smith have been sacked 26 times. Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love have been sacked 19. We'll say Aaron Rodgers has been sacked 18 times. Jordan Love has been sacked once. Um, and they don't get after the quarterback, at least for the most part, the Hawks have had their troubles getting after the quarterback, only 14 sacks to the Packers, 21. The Hawks have only had three interceptions. The Packers have had nine. 
So defensively is where it gets a bit tricky. But I feel like this offense is good enough to challenge this defense, especially with guys getting healthy. Now, you talk about Green Bay and you think about a long history, Lambeau Field, the Lombardi Trophy. You think about the Hawks, and it's a, it's a short history, but these teams still got some history between each other. Let's get to know it. Know your history. All right, so we alluded to it a little bit earlier in the podcast. The Packers, they lead the all-time series 14-9, to 8-11 um, and 11 in the regular season, 1-3 record in the postseason. The Seahawks, unfortunately, have not won a game in Green Bay, as I mentioned, since November 1st, 1999, and Mike Holmgren's return to Green Bay as his first-year coach in the Seahawks. So it's been a long time, but it's been a long yeah. time. Um, on the other side, though, the Packers haven't won in Seattle since 2008. The 2008 game was the last time the road team was victorious in this matchup. Home team has won nine straight matchups. The Packers have won the last nine at Lambeau Field, including six regular season games, three games in the postseason. And we'll quickly go through the last meeting at Lambeau Field. That was a Seahawks drop in the game, 28-23 in the divisional playoffs for the 2019 season. Seahawks got in a hole early, like a lot of their most recent playoff losses, trailing 21-3 at halftime. Second half, though, it was a Russell Wilson show. He led three long touchdown drives, 10 plays, 69 yards, 12 plays, 84 yards, 9 plays, 79 yards. Two of those ending in Marshawn Lynch touchdown runs and a seven-yard touchdown pass to Tyler Lockett. Lynch's second touchdown run brought the Seahawks to within five at 28-23 with 9.33 menning in the game. Bump, and we were watching that game. We thought this was destiny. This was the Seahawks' time. Yeah. They got a stop on the next possession. Both Griffin brothers got a sack. They're punting the football back to Russell Wilson. He can't be stopped. <sighs> Unfortunately, they get the ball back, and I'll never forget it. Malik Turner was a great kid. Uh, did some good things when he played here. But, man, it's, un- it's hard to forget that it was first and 10. It's probably going to be a 25-yard gain over the middle of the field on first down, and he drops it, which was just crushing. That would have flipped the field. Wide open. Oh, and at that point, even if, you know, you get to midfield, now you're in four down territory with the Seahawks, which you backed up. They punt the football away. The Packers, the, unfortunately, defensively, the Seahawks couldn't get out the field. Packers completed a 32-yard pass to Devontae Adams on third and eight. Uh, and then Jimmy Graham caught a third and nine, and he, it looked short. It was, it was tight, but there was no video evidence to figure it out. Packers hold on the win, 28-23 bump. And I'm, I'm praying for some mojo. I need something good to happen. So, Nothing great has happened in that building for so long. I have, I don't know, wait for my prediction later, but I'm, I'm feeling the good <laughs> mojo. I'm feeling it. So now let's get back into the NFC West with what's the word? Where my soldiers at? Where my soldiers at? And the Seahawks are the NFC West champs again. What's the word in the West on Hawk Talk? Before I tell you what's the word, hey, Malik Turner caught a touchdown this weekend, so I just wanted to show him some love with the Cowboys, all right? But the word in the West, Arizona Cardinals are sitting up top at 8-1. and one. Los Angeles Rams behind them at 7-2. and two. Your Hawks are in third place at 3-5. and five. And the San Francisco 49ers are 3-5. and five. The Seahawks are still in third place, looking up at the Cardinals and the Rams, but have four remaining games in the division during the second half of the season. Let's talk about these Cardinals, man. These Cardinals beat the 49ers 31 to 17 in Santa Clara. And it was probably one of the more impressive wins because of who they were missing. They were missing Kyler Murray. They were missing DeAndre Hopkins and AJ Green. They lost their running back Chase Edmonds in the 
first quarter, uh, but none of that mattered. Colt McCoy, I can't believe this guy is still in the league playing football. <laughs> Colt McCoy was 22 of 26, 249 yards, one touchdown, and did not turn the ball over. When you have backups in, you kind of bank on them turning over the football. Cole said, nah, I got this. Don't worry about it. James Conner stole the show offensively with 21 carries for 96 yards and two touchdowns, also had five catches for 77 yards and one touchdown. This Cardinals defense stepped up. They forced three turnovers and had five sacks. Three coming from Marcus Golden. He had a day. The 49ers just couldn't get out of their way. They're their own worst enemy. Losing a pair of fumbles in the first half. Struggled to contain the seems like a 40-year-old Colt McCoy who won just his second start in the last 10 seasons. Now, we talk about Geno Smith. Stay ready so you ain't got to get ready. Colt McCoy said, hey, I got this. I can lead you guys. All right, the 49ers are now winless this season at home. They are 0-4 in 1-8 the last two seasons. Jimmy G was solid. 28 of 40, 326 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. That's the thing about Jimmy. He's not going to have a really big game. He's going to be yeah. solid. He'll be okay. He'll either be solid okay or he's going to lose the game for you. For this 49ers team to go anywhere, they need better quarterback play. Positive for the Niners, George Kittle was back. He had six receptions, 101 yards, one touchdown. Just doing what George Kittle does. Yep. Elijah Mitchell um, wasn't able to get much going on the ground. Had eight carries for 36 yards. Every single week, the Cardinals are proving that they're a good football team. doesn't matter who's coaching, who's at quarterback, who's at running back, receivers. They find ways to win ball games, and it makes me sick sometimes. But you, you can't you can't deny who they are at this point. Uh, no question about it. We talked about them a lot last year with Colin Murray in his second year. We thought they were going to take a bigger step last year. Apparently, we were just a year early because the court, the Cardinals have arrived. That is a fact. We don't have to like it, but it is what it is, man. The record doesn't lie. The stats don't lie. The Cardinals are a great football team, and the Seahawks got them twice. Seahawks got them twice here in the second half of the season. Obviously, they got to take care of Green Bay first, but they're going to be a tough matchup in, in this division. Just you know, never lets up. Now, the other team in the division behind those Cardinals are the Rams. So the Rams have their four-game win streak snap falling to the Titans 28-16 to on Sunday Night Football. And this is not what we expected, man. I was I remember talking to somebody in the building last week. I'm like, man, these Rams are so lucky. They get to play Tennessee without Derrick Henry. Man, he was going <laughs> to run all over them. I know it. I know it. But, hey, guess what? The Titans came up. They came out to play. They balled out. They relied on that defense, which is Crazy to me, because if you remember when the Seahawks played him, no one was thinking about how good that defense was whatsoever, but they came out to play. Uh, Titans intercepted Matthew Stafford on consecutive passes, including a Kevin Bayard pick six. Stafford finished the game 31 of 48, 294 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, and was sacked five times, which is another thing, because the Rams usually don't give up a lot of sacks. So, I mean, this was a crazy game. The Rams didn't get in the end zone until 24 seconds remaining in the game after they were trailing 28-9. to Sean McVay has never been shut out of the end zone, which would have been a crazy stat that didn't quite happen. Uh, receiving, though, for the, for the Rams, it doesn't really matter how the games end for them. These two are going to get their numbers. Robert Woods, seven receptions, 98 yards. Cooper Cup doing Cooper Cup things, 11 receptions, 95 yards. And like I said, uh, big ups to the Tennessee defense, man. Tannehill was only 19 to 27, 143 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Kind of a Tannehill performance without their star running back that kind of is the catalyst for that offense. Adrian Peterson. Man, Adrian Peterson's back hey, in the league. Holy smokes. My back in middle school? <laughs> what is going on? Adrian Peterson, he had his 119th career touchdown, 125th overall, tying him with uh, Walter Payton for 11th most in NFL history. 
Now, bump. The Seahawks did not play last week. They did not play last Sunday. But it was about the best bye week you could have imagined. Bump, how you feeling about this playoff picture? Great weekend for the Seahawks when it comes to the playoff. The Seahawks had the best bye week you can ask for. Teams that you needed to lose took an L. The Panthers lost to the Patriots, falling to four and five. The Vikings lost to the Ravens, they're three and five. The Niners lost to the Cardinals, they're three and five. The Falcons did beat the Saints, going to four and four in the season, and currently in the seventh and final playoff spot as of today. They're one game out of this out of the seventh spot, which is crazy. At three yeah. and five. If you told me three and five to start the season, I'd say, okay, let's start planning for the future. <laughs> let's start getting veterans in and moving pieces around. Nah, they are good to go. The Seahawks have a tough two-game stretch coming up. They got the Packers. They have the Cardinals who combine, who have a combined record of 15 and three. They also have four games remaining in the division, but the Hawks have games against Washington football team, the Niners, Texans, Bears, and Lions, and their records combined a whopping nine and 32. So it looks Ooh, like- boy. We still got a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> I love to see it. Like you said, it's crazy. The Seahawks are just one game out of that. And even with the Falcons, the Falcons don't scare me. They're four and four, but they're not a playoff nah. team. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see. You know, you're gonna have to strap up and it's gonna be a fun ride in the NFC moving forward. Let's get back to the Packers though. Look at some of these matchups. Man up. Hey, who man's is this? Man up on Hawk Talk. Well, we got to start with that guy everybody's been talking about, Bump. The quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. I put slash Jordan Love against the Seahawks defense. As I mentioned earlier, Aaron Rodgers, while in the COVID-19 protocol, does not need a negative test to return. Just needs to be symptom-free, and he's eligible to return to practice on Saturday, day before the Seahawks game. Uh, His status isn't confirmed, but we should expect the veteran quarterback to be out on the field on Sunday. He said to Pat McAfee on the Pat McAfee show, there's a possibility he doesn't play on Sunday, but it's a small possibility. Said he believes there's a health hurdle he's kind of got to get over, movement, sweating, getting into it, making sure the body, especially his heart, is fine with the physical exertion. But we expect him to play, man. He's going to play, man. Uh, We're not going to get into all the other stuff that was said from him, but on the field bump, Aaron Rodgers is balling out. He is who he is, eight games. 173 for 258, 1,894 yards, 17 tuds, three interceptions. He's been sacked 17 times, um, 18 carries, 47 yards, two touchdowns. There's not a lot you have to say about Aaron Rodgers, man. Love him or hate him, he is one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play this game of football. His resume speaks for itself. Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP, three-time MVP, 11, 2014, and 2020. Three-time first-team All-Pro. Second team all pro nine time pro bowler. I mean, you could look at the stats. I'm not going to bore you with all that. We know how good Aaron Rodgers is, man. You know, he'll tell you to relax. He, he, <laughs> he's, he's not the most likable guy. Uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just purely talking about on the football field, uh, especially I know Seahawks fans feel that way. A lot of people do as well, but the man is a baller. Um, he's really only had one bad game this year. Uh, it was that first game against the saints, 15 to 28, 133 yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions, was sacked once that day, but the Saints did have seven quarterback hits bumps. So how are the Seahawks going to contain Aaron Rodgers, assuming he's out there on Sunday? How do you contain Aaron Rodgers? Well, he's been sacked 18 times, so you have to get after him. They've shown, like, look, we will allow some pressure to get to Aaron Rodgers. You got to have tight coverage on the back end as well. I mean, you got Lazard, 
got Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, and Dylan are mixed in the pass game as well. You got to be fundamentally sound and force him to do what he doesn't do, which is turn the ball over. Only has three interceptions. Uh, a tough ask, a tough task, but it can be done. If you can keep them under 20 points, 21 points around there, then I think this offense has a chance to go shot for shot with these guys, especially with Russell Wilson being healthy. We got to see how that finger feels in the cold. Speaking of Russell Wilson, that's the next matchup. Russell Wilson versus the Packers defense. It's been a long month for us. Mm-hmm. He's finally clear. He is ready to go. Pete Carroll has some things to say about the QB's return. Yeah, this is a remarkable story of recovery. And uh, really, a, a guy set an intent that he was going to do this and pull it off. And I mean, he's way, way ahead of schedule. And uh, we just came off the practice field, and he threw the ball all over the place so he he um he did really well for the first time out um in a limited amount of plays but um i mean everything about it you know we knew that russ was going to go for it and we didn't know if you know if his body could respond but it did and uh his team that worked with him and helped him through throughout um did a remarkable job and and uh so you know we'll just go one day at a time see how it goes and, and i know he's thrilled to be back everybody's excited to see him back out here and and uh so it's it's an amazing accomplishment to be back just throwing like he just did on the practice field is a great uh, achievement. Tim Booth? Pete, are you working under the assumption that Russell's your starter on Sunday? I, we're going one day at a time here. You know, Tim, I, I, he's not out here to do anything but play. You know, he's not coming back just to practice. So we'll, we'll see what happens um, as the week goes on. But, you know, give us days to figure that out. But the intention is that if he's okay, he plays. The five games with Russell Wilson when he was playing, okay? Average yards per play, they were 6.5. That's fourth in the NFL. Without Russell Wilson, they were 15th, averaging 5.7 total yards per game with Russell, 19th. Without him, 29th. Passing that yards per game with Russ, fourth. Without 10th. Total offense, they were 19th. Without Russ, they are 29th. Offense inside the 20. All right, you got to score touchdowns. They were fourth. Without him, they were second. Uh oh. Oh, that's there's something for the Russ haters to kind of hang their hat on right there. Yards per play on first down, they were eighth with Russ, 6.37. Without him, they were 24th with 5.31. You need Russell Wilson to have this offense go. Geno Smith did a good job filling in, had opportunities to win the ball game at the end of the game, but there's nothing like having number three under center. Oh, yeah, no question about it. I mean, it's not even it's not a fair comparison. Geno, Geno did his thing. This is not to detract from Geno Smith. He was admirable. I mean, he Geno Smith easily could have been undefeated. He could have picked up and won the Rams game, could have won the last three. Unfortunately, it wasn't the case, so Geno played great. But it is what it is. Russell Wilson, the future Hall of Famer. You look at completion percentage, 72% on the season. That would be a career best. 9.57 yards per attempt. That's number one in the National Football League. A 125.3 uh, passer rating or QB rating, excuse me. And the one thing that really needs to be cleaned up a little bit, so Russell – was sacked 13 times in five games. Geno Smith was sacked 13 times in three games. So that is something that is definitely going to need to to be fixed, you know, heading into this game. Um, and it's going to be tough, man. These Packers, they have a good defense. They're fifth in total defense, allowing just 321 yards per game. Seventh in pass defense, allowing 210 through the air. And sixth in points allowed per game, 20 per game. And linebackers, Rashawn Gary leads a team with 4.5 sacks. Linebacker, Devondre Campbell, leads a team with 83 tackles, tied for fourth in the NFL. Now, Bump, you mentioned a little bit ago, you think, you know, if, if the Seahawks can hold these the Packers to like 21 points or whatever, if the Seahawks hold the Packers to 21 points, I am guaranteeing a victory. 
Guaranteed. I'm guaranteeing a victory. That is that is absolutely <laughs> the recipe. I'm I'm being more I'm I'm more on the side of if, if we gotta hold him under 30. I'm just yeah. thinking if, if he's back there, they have some weapons. If the the one thing <laughs> this defense, this is the real test, right? You've had a couple, you've had a couple, you had a pop, you know, you struggle on some midterms early on, right? So let's take a school a school <laughs> analogy here because I'm good at this because I wasn't that great at school. So you start you start the year off and you do okay in a couple of the quizzes. Your first midterm, boom, you failed. You you did you did nothing right. You you're trying to figure out. So you're back in the classroom. You're trying to work on some things. You're getting tutored up, you know. And then you, the next you know quiz comes around and you improve. There's some things you did well and there's two things you're like, man, I knew I should have done that. I missed that, Bob. Missed that note. Well, the last three bump. You've aced the last three quizzes, man. You're feeling oh. good. You're feeling yeah. good. But, bro, now it's time for that midterm. That midterm is here. <laughs> we're not at the final yet. We're at that midway point, but that midterm is here. So we're really going to see if the Seahawks have, you know, put everything together, man. They, they're they still ranked towards the end, bottom of the league in defense. I think they're 31st. But, you know, before the – after the Rams game, they were giving up 450 yards per game. Now they're only giving up 400. So there's an improvement there. But midterms are here. I want to see what the Seahawks defense can do. I got faith in them. If they show up on Sunday and, and play like they have the last three weeks, this team's going to go on a run. Have they studied? Have they taken notes? Have they been in study groups? Did you go to lab? <laughs> Let's go, Seahawks. Do all the things you need to do to win. All right, next matchup, Aaron Jones versus A.J. Dillon. And the Seahawks front seven, Aaron Jones, one of the best running backs in the league, 116 carries, 516 yards, three touchdowns. He can catch that rock as well. 33 receptions, 237 yards and four touchdowns. A.J. Dillon, man, he's been a nice little addition to this football club. 76 carries, 355 yards, 14 receptions for 134 yards and one touchdown. The Packers are 18th in the NFL in rushing and 13th in attempts. Now, it's all about controlling the run game, right? The game has changed to where everyone's spreading the ball out. You want to get it down the field, but if you can force a team to throw the football, that's like a low percentage shot. That's like asking a team that's okay at three pointers to shoot threes all the time and try to win the game. You got to be able to get into the paint, running the football gets you in the paint. It controls the tempo of the game. You have to lock down these two guys. Aaron Rodgers is already dangerous. Right. You don't need him to be able to hand the ball off to two hogs in the backfield and get this game going. I think it's going to be huge. And Rodgers is going to do what he does. He will get his yards. He'll throw a couple touchdowns. But you got to neutralize these two in the backfield. Yeah, no question about it. You do not need to give Aaron Rodgers any more help than he already has. Um, and now here's probably this is one of my biggest ones of the game. Obviously, we know Aaron Rodgers is, is the catalyst that makes his engine go for the Packers. But Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb. Versus DJ Reed, Trey Brown, slash Sidney Jones. Devontae Adams, first of all, he's, just, he's one of the best in the NFL. Let's just call it like it is. Yep. Uh, outside of Aaron Rodgers, he's their deadliest weapon. Eight games, he's got 58 receptions, 786 yards, fourth in the NFL, and three touchdowns. Uh, coming into this year, he came off a career year in 2020 where he had 115 receptions for 1,374 yards and a league-leading 18 touchdowns. But when we've played the Packers the last couple of years, Devontae Addis has tore us up. Just straight up, man. He is he is hard to keep in front. He is an incredible route runner. Uh, he does a lot of good things. And he's a tough matchup. So wherever he lines up, so DJ Reed, Trey Brown, Sidney Jones, this is going to be a huge matchup because I'll just – let's just call it like it is, man. The Seahawks defense has played really well the last couple weeks, but in terms of a wide receiver core, they haven't been tested in a little bit. The, the Steelers, yeah, solid, but they didn't have Juju. 
Saints, they're okay. They didn't have Thomas. Jaguars, I mean, they're average at best. This isn't the Rams, you know what I'm saying? So th- this is that level. So Devontae Adams and this kind of this unit at Lazard, all those guys, this is real. They're going to get tested again like we keep saying. Those midterms are up. So it's going to be a really good test for a secondary, and this will really show what type of growth they've, they've made, what's happening with our linebackers, what's happening underneath coverage. Are they being sound? Are they in positions? And then when they are in position, are they making those plays? So this is going to be a, a huge thing uh, in this matchup here. Adams is great in the red zone and in the middle of the field. He works the middle of the field better than any receiver I see in the league. So, yes, linebackers got to be on point, safeties, corners, all hands on deck when it comes to this past game. Next matchup, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett versus Kevin King, Douglas, and Shandon Sullivan. He's their nickel guy. DK leads the Seahawks in receiving with 39 receptions for 580 yards and eight touchdowns. Tyler Lockett right behind him with 41 receptions, 579 yards, and three touchdowns. After getting just eight targets and four receptions combined against the Saints, Lockett and Metcalf were way better against the Jaguars. In that game, they combined for 18 receptions, 19 targets, and 185 yards, two touchdowns. Now, these two need to be heavily featured in every game plan. When you get together as a staff and you're meeting and you're breaking down charts and all that stuff, two words need to be mentioned. Lockett. Metcalf, get these guys the football. They are dangerous. They pose a great threat. They're one of the best duos in the league, if not the best duo in the league. On the other side, Kevin King and Douglas have held the Packers to the seventh ranked pass defense in the NFL. Former UW standout King has come under fire in Green Bay the past two years after a career-high five interceptions in 2019. He's only played in four games this year and has 17 tackles and two passes defended. You got to go after these two guys now. Yeah. No, without question. I think they've done some good things. I think Kevin King, um, at least hearing from Green Bay fans, especially it got real last postseason. It got real when they lost to the Buccaneers in that NFC championship game. And the, the, I mean, they're not even quiet. I mean, people were calling for him to be replaced, this and that. And Rasheel Douglas, he's only playing four games this year, two, 22 tackles, three pass defended, one interception. Chandon Sullivan plays the, he's the nickel, but he plays a ton of snaps. I mean, 19 in all nine games, he's got 18 tackles, two passes defended, one interception. But yeah, go after him, man. Go after him, especially. I think I think Kevin Kidd's a solid player. Kevin King, excuse me. I watched him play a lot of games at the University of Washington. Um, he's a good player, but I'll take my chances with DK Metcalf. I'll take my chances with Tyler Lockett, with Gerald Everett, with D. Eskridge if he's out there playing. They have to be involved. They are too good of players, and it helps make our offense go. It's all, as Ray Roberts always said, it's got to be married, right? Pass game, the run game, all of it's got to come together. They're too talented. I like the plan where it's let's throw it up to our two best players and see what happens. That's my favorite plan, Bump. Yeah, I'm with it. I am with it. So there's some things they have to, to do to win this game. Let's look at the path to victory. At the 45, waits for the snap. Michael Dixon puts it down. That kick is away. And that kick is good! The Seahawks win! It's good! It's a path to victory on Hawk Talk. All right, Naz, there are some things this this football team needs to do to win. And if they are able to get Russell Wilson back, that will be a great start. He hasn't been named the starter yet, but we know that he's doing everything he needs to do to get back on the football field. A little bird word on the street told me he looked good throwing the football in practice. So that's a good start. If you get Russell Wilson back, the morale of this team is up. The chances of them winning are up. Everything just feels a bit better with number three under center. No question about it. He gives them 
he's going to give him a boost just naturally. Just his presence out there, his command of the game. We know he does the film study. We know he's prepared. We know he was out there doing all those mental reps. He's locked in as they come. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. I think he's going to give this offense a boost, a little jolt of energy, a little energy shot. Uh, and it's going to be great, man. Like we just talked about in our last matchup, get DK and Tyler involved early and often. These two dudes are bosses. They're ballers. They are they are one of the best duos in the National Football League, and they need to be a vocal part of that offense. And to do that, they need to protect. They need to give Russell time. They need to get open. They need to be able to handle pressure and all that. They need to be able to run the ball. But just get them involved early and often. Just get them the ball. And like life, football is all about balance. All right. You got to be able to run it and you got to be able to throw that thing. Let's find a balance. Doesn't mean it has to be 25 runs to 25 passes. It just means that it has to feel right. It has to flow and take care of the football. Weather should be nasty in Green Bay. But if I'm a head coach or just a coach in general, we tell these guys, I don't care. Mm -hmm. I don't care that it's raining. I don't care that it's snowing. Ball security, job security, take care of the football. Defensively, this is going to be the biggest test of the season. Can you prove to everybody that these last few games were not a fluke? Right, you're holding teams to around 300 yards. Now you're going to get Devontae Adams, Lazard. You got Dylan and Jones in the backfield. Aaron Rodgers is playing. He's just being, he's going to be cleared the day before the game. Let's take advantage of that and show the NFL that you are a decent defense, not great, but you're a decent defense, good enough to keep this team in the game. Without, yeah, I think you hit the nail right on the head. Um, and, and to do that, you're going to need to contain Devontae Adams and try to get pressure on Rodgers, right? Um, they've done the Seahawks have done a great job of getting out the field on third down in recent weeks, and they need to keep that that trend going because the more Aaron Rodgers is on the sideline, the better it is for the Seattle Seahawks chances of victory. And um, bump, we said this, you know, a lot of weeks recently, we're still waiting for that big Jamal Adams game. He's played good the last couple of weeks. He absolutely has. He's been under control. He's been in position. He has made plays. But I, st- I want that splash. I want that Jamal Adams type play. Like when he first showed up in town in that Atlanta game, first series, sack, tackle for loss, tackle for loss. You're like, yo, this man is real. And we've seen it in spurts. He had that huge hit in Pittsburgh um, where he came up and smacked that dude, or I think it was Najee Harris. Um, he's had plays out there. He's, he's, he's done it. But I, I want to see that Jamal Adams game. I want to see him get a couple sacks. I'm praying this is the week. He led. He set an NFL record for defensive backs and sacks. And it's not all about sacks, but it's about his impact and effect on the game. And I want to see that, that patented, that stamped LSU days, New York Jets, last season Jamal Adams. I'm hoping we see it on Sunday. Me too, man. Jamal Adams needs to make a play. Bobby needs to make a play. Your pro bowlers need to play like pro bowlers and your role players need to step up and get it done. Getting a win this week will put the Seahawks in great position for a huge second half run. Nas, where can the people hear us? Oh, the people can hear us everywhere. Michael Bumpus, Seahawks.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, you can hear us there. Also, we got a lot of great podcasts on the podcast network for the Seahawks. Seahawks Insiders with Jen Mueller and John Boyle, The Huddle with Dave Wyman, Stacey Ross and Jay Keeps, Hawks Live with very own Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer, Seahawks Stories with Robert Turbin and the Seahawks Rewind instant analysis right after every game from the Seahawks radio network catch player interviews reaction from Michael Bumpus Paul Moyer Ray Roberts and Robert Turbin bump I'm excited we're back to football the bye week was nice everyone got recharged ready to go the Seahawks have a huge game a huge midterm exam at Lambeau Field let's see if they can get it right and get it done
We are officially in the second half of the NFL season. Your Hawks are three and five and still in the playoff hunt. It all starts this weekend as they go to Lambeau Field to face the Green Bay Packers. That was Hog Talk Preview Week 10. I am Michael Bumpus. He is Nash Chobie. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you soon.